Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Good morning, everyone. As always, thank you all for joining me on another episode of Locked On Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your very first listen here to start off your day. And to open things up on the show here this morning, I kind of figured I had to start with uh, quite an intriguing topic that's kind of taking the hockey world by storm right now. And that's what's going on with former Chicago Blackhawks forward and current member of the Ottawa Senators. Although it might not be for that much longer, of course, I'm talking about Alex DeBrinke, the former uh, two-time 40-goal scorer for the Chicago Blackhawks, was actually dealt right around this time last season to the Senators in exchange for the seventh overall pick, which turned into defenseman Kevin Korchinski, the 39th overall pick, which turned into forward Paul Ludwinski. Two very phenomenal Chicago names, by the way. That Kevin Korchinski guy, that that Paulie Ludwinski guy. I feel like those names are going to be, well, they're going to fit in beautifully here in Chicago. And they also got uh, a 2024 third round pick in exchange for Alex Dabrinkit. And at the time of that trade, it kind of felt, like a little bit of a low ball return for a player with the caliber of Debrinket. As I just mentioned, a two-time 40 goal score was coming off a 41-goal campaign to only get one first-round pick for him, and albeit not even a top-five selection in a fairly weak NHL draft, especially when, at the time, it felt like the Blackhawks they weren't backed into a corner. They didn't absolutely have to trade Debrinket. So to only get one first round pick out of that, and it's not even a top five selection. That made for a lot of unhappy Blackhawks fans at the time of that trade, and I was one of them. But since that trade has went down, you know, this past season, the Senators kind of struggled and underwhelmed. They didn't live up to the expectations. They wind up missing out on the Stanley Cup playoffs. DeBrinkett was also fourth on the team in goals with 27, which for him is Pretty, you know, honestly, it's a down year for a, a goal scorer like Alex Dabrinkit. He was also fourth on the Senators in points. With all that happening, the trade certainly started to feel better and better as uh, time went on. But now Blackhawks fans, not that, you know, we're thinking poorly of Kyle Davidson. I've talked numerous times on the show about what a marvelous job that he's done since taking over as Blackhawks general manager. But the one biggest gripe that a lot of fans had with him was not getting enough for Alex to bring it. And I remember the day that trade went down, Blackhawks fans were in agony. They couldn't believe the return for Alex to bring it. And I was right there with them. I was thinking, well, they don't absolutely have to trade this guy. I mean, they could probably sell him to the highest bidder if they don't like any of the deals. They don't have to say yes to this. I was thinking two, maybe three first round picks. Now, not all of them I was expecting to be high first round selections. If they're getting that many, he was likely going to get traded to a good team and they'd get later picks in the first round. But again, to only see that one first round pick coming back the Blackhawks direction it felt like they got absolutely bamboozled. But now with everything that we know, um, it's turned into a pretty good trade for the Chicago Blackhawks. And the Ottawa Senators are now in a really tough situation because 
they, they don't know what to do with Alex DeBrinkett. He needs a new contract for 2023, 2024. He's going to be a restricted free agent. And then the following year, he's set to hit the open market as an unrestricted free agent. And while he hasn't ruled out signing a contract extension with the Ottawa Senators, one thing he did say is that he'd like to see what direction the franchise is going with, uh, going in, in terms of who's going to be the next owner. And I, I talked about this on the show probably a month ago now, and it felt like the senators were kind of coming to a conclusion and figuring out who that next ownership group was going to be. But that final decision still hasn't been made. And DeBrinkett wants to see what's going on with that before making his decision. There's also talks of the senators taking him to arbitration and maybe not giving him the money that he necessarily is going to want on his next deal. And then also for the Ottawa senators, they don't have a first, second, or third round pick in the 2023 NHL draft. And also, just a couple of days after the draft is the start of the NHL offseason. The free agency begins on July 1st. So we're starting to get towards some really crucial dates for the NHL offseason. And it's kind of starting to get to that time where the Senators got to make a decision, Alex DeBrinkett has to make a decision, and they don't know what's going on with the ownership of the franchise. So it's kind of putting everyone in a little bit of a tough spot here. And as a result of that, the Senators kind of have no choice but to do their due diligence around the NHL right now. And with that news coming out, us Blackhawks fans certainly have to feel a lot better for the return at Alex DeBrinkett in this point in time. And also, it's a little bit easier of a pill to swallow that they traded him if he's only going to Ottawa for, for one year. It's Well, it's never easy to trade a player of that caliber. Kyle Davidson, it's almost like he knew what he was doing here, right? And you got to give credit to the guy. He's made all these moves and a lot of them look good at the time. And even, you know, months removed from them, they start to look better and better and better. And that's kind of how we feel about this. Because again, it's not easy to trade a player like Alex DeBrinkett, but with those contract concerns coming up, of course, this was still in the first stage of the rebuild, really. We weren't sure how long it was going to take for everything to kind of get back to where we wanted. So DeBrinkett could be closing into 30 years old at that point in time and might not be exactly the type of player that he is now. And he could have also, and maybe the biggest point, he undoubtedly would have helped this Blackhawks team be better than they were this season. He would have helped them win more games. And if Alex DeBrinkett is playing with Patrick Kane for the first half of the season, the Blackhawks probably don't wind up in the position they're in right now. They probably don't win the Connor Bedard sweepstakes and they don't get the number one overall pick in the 2023 NHL draft. So while it sucked to trade a player like DeBrinkett, it absolutely did need to happen, even though we didn't feel that way at the time. I didn't feel the Blackhawks needed to trade to Brinkett at that time. But in order to give themselves the best opportunity to truly turn this thing around and push the rebuild forward, they had to be as bad as possible. Did it suck? Oh, absolutely. Watching this Blackhawks team was brutal, but the light at the end of the tunnel has gotten a lot brighter because of these moves that Kyle Davidson has made. And not only did they, you know, end up winning the Connor Bedard sweepstakes, but by trading DeBrinkett, they also land a very good defenseman prospect in Kevin Korchinski, a player who they were 
uh, apparently targeting when they made this trade with Ottawa to get the seventh overall pick. That's who they were looking to take. They also add a very intriguing forward prospect in Paul Ludwinski, who does a lot of good things away from the puck. He's also a captain already at a young age for the Kingston Frontenacs. And then they add a 2024 third round pick along with it as well. And the Senators might have given up all of that for just one year of Alex DeBrinket. Plus, of course, whatever they would, you know, they're going to try and recover some assets if they do end up electing to trade him. But uh, just one year removed from the trade, make no mistake about it. What seemed like Kyle Davidson's biggest screw up, if you will, as a, uh, at the time as general manager has turned out rather nicely for him and the Blackhawks rebuild moving forward. All right, Blackhawks fans, don't go anywhere because coming up in just a moment, I'll be continuing this conversation on Alex DeBrinket and I'll also talk about whether or not the Hawks should make a push for him in the summer or sometime in the future. But first, I need to talk to you all about eBay Motors. And for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. And then funny enough, it's actually the same thing when it comes to your vehicle. So the next time you need parts and accessories, make sure to head over to eBay Motors because with eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to the My Garage feature and look for the green check mark to know the part will fit or else you'll get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop with eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Real quick, before I get into segment two, I do want to let all of you know about awesome stuff I have planned in the next few weeks here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. On Friday afternoon, I am finally going to be having my conversation with Joe Brand from WGN as we'll be talking, obviously, about the 2023 NHL draft and everything involving the Chicago Blackhawks here in the offseason. I'm also going to be having a special guest from the Regina Pats to talk about projected number one overall pick, Connor Bedard. I'm finishing up my season recap segments here in the next couple of days as well. To wrap up today's show, I'll be talking about Captain Jonathan Taves, so make sure to stick around for that. As I mentioned, only have a few of those left, and as soon as that wraps up, I'm going to be starting to get into my end of the season, or I guess at this point, my summer top 10 prospects list. And I'm going to be also until the NHL draft begins on June 28th, I'm going to be diving into prospects that are projected to go somewhere in the first round, late in the first round, early in the second, where the Blackhawks have numerous draft picks. So I'll be looking at potential prospects for the NHL draft. I'll be talking about all things Blackhawks offseason, season recaps, top 10 prospects list. Lots of good stuff coming up here on the show. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't done so already, or if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode, go and follow the podcast. It's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast. And it helps me out greatly if you continue to download the episodes and are smashing the like button on YouTube, go and comment down below as well. I'm really trying to boost up the comments. So if you're still watching the show at this point in time, go and comment down below. 
uh, as to your opinion of what the Blackhawks should do with Alex Dabrinka. Should they try and trade for him? Should they stay away? Should they maybe pursue him in a couple of years? Let me get your opinion on this matter in the comments section down below. All right, enough of that. Getting back into the show, segment two, I mentioned I was going to kind of pick up where I left off discussing Alex Dabrinkit, and with he now kind of rumored to be available on the trade market, I'm sure there are plenty of Blackhawks fans out there saying, well, you know, the Hawks, they got the number one overall pick. Connor Bedard is coming to town in less than a month. They also have uh, $40 million in cap space, the most money out of any NHL club right now. Why would they not? go and trade for Alex Dabrinkit at this point in time. And my response to that is, first off, we know the Hawks. We, we've heard this, and I've talked about this many times on the show already. We know they're not going to be uber aggressive or anything this offseason, despite sitting in a really pretty position right now. And if we've learned anything about Blackhawks general manager Kyle Davidson, it's that he values patience, sticking to his plan, and having a lot of flexibility. That's something that he seems to really value at this point in time. And we know he doesn't want to go and blow all of his money here in one offseason. Rushing into anything would be a mistake at this point in time for the Chicago Blackhawks. And we also know he's very uh, unlikely going to want to uh, unload any of the assets that he's been able to attain since taking over as general manager, which has maybe been the thing that he's done the best at is getting all these assets back, draft capital, prospects. The Blackhawks have done a really good job weaponizing their cap space and all those areas. Davidson has maximized the potential returns for the Chicago Blackhawks. So it just wouldn't make sense for the Blackhawks to go and give any of that up at this point in time. Yes, we know Connor Bedard is coming and that's going to change things emphatically for the future, but the Blackhawks aren't going to be all that much better next season. We know they're not, like I said, they're not going to be adding a ton of free agents. They don't want to be giving out any long-term deals or anything. They really want to, like I said, keep themselves flexible for the foreseeable future. So when they do kind of recognize exactly what they have on their hands, they know what they'll still be able to go out and add. They know what they kind of need to change around. And they'll have all the freedom and the flexibility in order to do those things, both financially and in terms of their roster space, by not rushing into anything. So at this very point in time, I know Alex Debrink, it sounds very enticing. It just wouldn't make the make any sense for the Blackhawks to try and go out and trade for him. And plus, with Debrinkit, you know, still needing a new contract and only being one year away from becoming an unrestricted free agent and hitting the open market, why would the Blackhawks give up assets for that when he could leave just one year later? Kind of, it's kind of like the situation the Ottawa Senators are in right now. That's the mistake that they made is, uh, you know, giving up assets for potentially one year of Alex Debrinkit. And you can bet Kyle Davidson isn't going to be making a decision like that isn't going to be backing himself into that corner. So as of right now, no, the Blackhawks are not going to be in the trade market for Alex to bring it. The timing of everything just doesn't make sense right now. The one thing I will say though, is if DeBrinket does go on to hit the open market in the summer of 2024 as a free agent, perhaps that could be the time when the Blackhawks make their pitch to try and bring him back if that's something they want to do or if that's something DeBrinket would even consider. It absolutely would make more sense to happen at that point in time. It's just the far likelier option here because then the Blackhawks obviously wouldn't have to give up 
any assets. They would just have to give him the, you know, lengthy and expensive contract that I'm sure he's going to want. Uh, and they also don't have the risk of just losing him after one year. So um, I know Debrinka was a fan favorite here in Chicago, but you have to remember what kind of got the Blackhawks into this situation where they're sitting pretty and things are, are looking bright for this team moving forward. It was Kyle Davidson's patience and sticking to his plan, the willingness and, and capability of sticking to that plan since taking over and going against that. If we've learned anything about Davidson, A, it just simply isn't going to happen. And B, I think it would just be a massive mistake for the Chicago Blackhawks right now to kind of rush through things when they're still truthfully in this rebuilding process and they're not even sure what they're not even sure what they have yet. Yes, we have Connor Bedard, but we don't know what kind of pieces we have around him. It's really just kind of Lucas Reichel at this point. A lot of guys still have to prove things. There's plenty of prospects to come up into the system. And I think it would just be a little bit rushed for the Blackhawks to go out and try and make a trade for Debrinket or a player in a similar situation to Alex Debrinket at this very point in time. All right, coming up in just a minute here, Blackhawks fans, don't go anywhere because I still have to get into Captain Jonathan Taves' 2022-2023 season recap segment. All right, before I wrap up today's show, still have to get into my next season recap segment here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, and it's actually uh, one of the last ones that I'll be doing this summer, I believe. I only have two or three more players to go over now. So we're getting down to the nitty gritty here, getting down to the end. And of course, as I just mentioned prior to segment two, once I do finish up these season recaps, I'll be getting into my Blackhawks top 10 prospects list here in the summer of 2023. So make sure to keep an eye out for that in the next week or so. But of course, like I said, the man I'll be talking about today is none other than the captain, Jonathan Taves. And for Johnny, it is a little tough to kind of gauge and put a grade and judge his season as a whole, considering he did miss over two months from the all-star break at the end of January to the beginning of April. Uh, And obviously that's why he ended up not getting traded by the Blackhawks. There were just a lot of question marks about his future. And he ultimately came to that decision that he was just going to stay put for the remainder of the season. Um, But when he did go through the stretch early in the first half of the season where he was playing consistently, um, Taves really got off to a roaring start. And after all the struggles that he went through in the 2021-2022 season, his first year back after missing the entire COVID-shortened 2021 campaign, of course, it took him 25 games to score his first goal of the season in 2021. Uh, He did kind of find his footing a little bit in the second half, but there were obviously a lot of concerns about Jonathan Taze's game going into this season. And you could really tell that he, um, how important it was for him to have a full off season, a, a full training camp, being able to gear up the way that he normally does to prepare the, the way that he normally handles things. And he got off to an incredible start to open up the year as did the Chicago Blackhawks. If you all remember correctly, I think they were, six, three, and one through their first 10 games, and then only went on to win like 22 games the entire season or something like that. Um, But yeah, after stepping away and having a very rocky 2021-2022 campaign, Taze was pretty dynamite 
uh, right out of the gate here for the Blackhawks. Unfortunately, his body just kind of hit a lull a little bit right around Christmas time. He said he started feeling lethargic again and was having issues showing up to the rink and bringing the energy energy each and every day. And that's ultimately what led to him stepping away from the team following the All-Star break for a couple of months. But we were lucky enough to get uh, a couple of more Taves moments before the end of the season. He ended up suiting up in the final seven games of the year for the Chicago Blackhawks. And most notably, of course, in his final game at the UC, the final game of the season uh, against the Philadelphia Flyers. Taves scored a, a big goal in the third period. The UC absolutely erupted, and it was cool to see him get that one kind of final moment at the UC, knowing this was the last time he was going to be suiting up for the Blackhawks on home ice. And really fortunate that we got a moment like that because for a while there, it really did seem like Jonathan Taze was not going to return to the Blackhawks. Just didn't seem like there was much of a point. But for him to to grind his way back and to be able to give us that type of moment and a couple more along the way in those final seven games. Uh, it was pretty incredible. And I thought it was an awesome way to send Johnny out after all that he's done for the organization and his what 16, 17 years here in Chicago. It's going to be very odd to watch this Blackhawks team without he or Patrick Kane for next season. It's going to be a completely new era, but getting into some of the numbers for Jonathan Taves this season, all in all, he wound up playing in 53 games for the Blackhawks this year. This is actually a career low for him other than the lockout shortened 2012-2013 season where the Blackhawks went on to win the Stanley Cup. Thank you very much. Taves ended up potting 15 goals in his 53 games this year. That's actually three more than he had last year in 18 less games. So nice to see Taves kind of return to being a good goal scorer. As I referenced, he was on a rampage early on in the season. I'll talk a little bit more about that here in just a second. He paired those 15 goals with 16 assists. It's actually the first time he had below 20 assists in a single season. And uh, those numbers were down a little bit for Johnny this year. He had nine more uh, assists in 18 more games last year, 25 assists, 12 goals for Taves in 2021-2022. 15 goals and 16 assists this year put him at 31 points. It's also a career low for Johnny, although when you play 53 games, that it, that is what's kind of going to happen. A guy who, other than 2021, was basically a shoe-in to be in the lineup for the Blackhawks each and every night for those some odd 15 years um, second time the Taves put up a point total in the 30s, by the way, this season and last year. Uh, 43 penalty minutes for Jonathan Taves this year, which is kind of funny. And I also figured in his mind, he probably would have had zero penalty minutes. As I don't know if I've seen anyone who quite loves to argue a penalty call like the captain himself. Um, but yeah, Jonathan Taves was in the box a little bit much this year, which honestly probably helped the Blackhawks tank. He probably did them a favor in that aspect, just kind of an intriguing number that I saw. Um, another intriguing number, nine power play goals for Jonathan Taves this year, which kind of can tell you two things. First off, he only scored six in 53 games at five on five. Not very effective. And I also think, you know, obviously he wasn't playing with the same type of talent as he has in years past. And the, the playmaking just really was down for Jonathan Taves this year, more so than really any year I can remember in the past. So he didn't do a lot at even strength, but did have nine power play goals, which was uh, the most he's accrued in a season since 2018-19 and was tied for the third most 
that he's ever recorded in a single season. So a lot of good work on the man advantage for Jonathan Taves in his final season with the Blackhawks. He also shot 17.2%, which is a career high. So um, unfortunately, he wasn't able to play a full 82 games or Jonathan Taves might have been a 25, 26, 27 goal scorer for the Blackhawks this season with the puck luck that he had. Uh, he also averaged 17 minutes and 43 seconds of time on ice, which is remarkably low for Jonathan Taves. Um, not surprising, though, at this point in his career. It's actually the second lowest that he's had in a season. Last year was a little bit lower. Um, where he did not miss a beat, though, most impressively this season was at the faceoff dot. 63.1% led all NHL players. It's a career high for Johnny. Also, the first time. He's been over 60% at the faceoff dot in a season. It was remarkable what he was able to do at the dot this year. Didn't miss a beat at all these past two seasons after having the year layoff. The best faceoff man in the game, simply put, and he was dominant there this season. I thought that was pretty awesome to see. Uh, chipped in for 23 block shots. It's never been something that Taze was really known for. Um, in terms of the analytics, pretty solid Corsi percentage here for Taze, 49.1%, always responsible defensively, so that I'm sure helps him out a little bit there. Was on the ice for 49 goals, four in all situations, to 69 against, not all that surprising numbers given the two-way game that he plays. Uh, he was also, he also got an 86.1 on ice save percentage and the Blackhawks goalies were not very good this year as a whole in terms of the numbers they put up. I think their play was a little bit better. Um, but this might be the worst on ice save percentage of anyone I've broken down here on the season recaps. I mean, an 86 save percentage out of your goaltender when you're on the ice, kind of a bad break for Jonathan Taves. And that's probably why his Corsi percentage is closer to 50% while he was on the ice for 20 more goals against than he was goals for. Um, and then kind of a breakdown into Taze's season here that I wanted to be sure to mention. As I referenced, he opened up the year on a heater. He had 13 points in the first 20 games of the season, eight goals and five assists. Still kind of continued along that pace as they progressed towards the midway point of the season. He had 11 points in the next 20 games. So in the first 40, uh, excuse me, in the first 40 games of the season, Jonathan Taves had 12 goals and 12 assists. Pretty solid bounce back for the captain. Uh, after not putting up the best offensive numbers the year prior and looking a little shoddy from time to time. But then that's when he unfortunately had to step away from the team, missed uh, from the All-Star break, which was the end of January, up until the first week of April, wound up playing in those final seven games of the season, tallying three points, one goal, and two assists, highlighted by that beautiful goal uh, on a redirect in the third period of the season finale against the Philadelphia Flyers, and he nearly had the game-winning goal in overtime, which, while it would have been a beautiful moment for Taves, it also would have led to the Blackhawks if things same stayed the same in the draft lottery. If Taves scores that OT winner, they don't wind up with the number one overall pick. There were a lot of domino effect type of things there at the end of the season. Buddy Robinson's goal to help the Blackhawks beat the Penguins. Uh, lots of moments throughout the course of the season. The Blackhawks also lost a ton of games within the final few minutes of the third period. Those all helped them get to where they are today. It's kind of crazy how all of that works, but getting back to Taves, kind of taking everything into consideration. I think it is a little hard to, you know, be down about the season that he had when the first half, when he was feeling his best 
was pretty remarkable. 24 points in 40 games. Look, if Jonathan Taze was uh, a 50-point guy for the Blackhawks this season, which is what he would have been close to being on pace for had he stayed healthy for the entire year, that would have been an absolute slam dunk of a year considering the talent that he was playing alongside. And for him to even come back at the end of the year, produce that moment in the final game against the Flyers, nothing short of remarkable. So all things considered, um, I'm going to give Jonathan Taves an A- minus for his performance this year. Maybe that's a little biased. Maybe it's a little sweet of me to boost him up a little bit, but I I thought he had a pretty productive first half of the year. He was a big influence in the Blackhawks getting off to that really solid start, was the best faceoff man in the entire NHL, had pretty respectable analytical numbers, nine power play goals. I mean, there truthfully was a lot to like about Jonathan Taves' game this season. And if he wants to continue to play, I I really hope his body holds up for him because I I do still believe he has a lot to offer, just whether or not the body's going to continue to let him. Um, So I'm giving Jonathan Taves an A-. minus. Maybe that's a little bit too nice of a grade, but I think that's truthfully what he deserves. Um, As far as the YouTube voters, 40%. 47%, excuse me, of you all out there voted for a B. 29% voted for a C, which, you know, to each their own. We all feel differently about these things. By the way, if you want to have your input on my season recap segments and want to get your grade in, make sure to be following at Talk and Hockey on Twitter. I also have been posting polls on my community tab on, what's this? YouTube, Doey. Make sure to go and follow, subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. You can easily find the community tab at the top of my page. I've been reaching out, asking a lot of polls there lately, so you can go and vote there easily, uh, as well as on Twitter, where 45% of the voters said B for Jonathan Taves, 34% said C. So looks like the voters are kind of on that page. Maybe Jonathan Taves, in all honesty, probably deserved a B plus or a B, but just for the effort that he gave this year, coming back and having a good, strong start, fighting his way back in the lineup with seven games left, I'm giving him an A minus for his performance this season. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Tuesday, June 6th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show and make sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks for free right now, wherever you may be listening to your podcast and to also go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. And that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each and every day. Once again, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman too, or you could also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all of the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, it's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, 
and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.